If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? <laughs> mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Here on Modern Mom Probs, we're trying to solve the world's modern mom problems. But you know what? If we can't, at least we're having fun talking about them. Today's topic is Raising Tiny Humans, Surviving the Toddler Years with Liz Swenson. Liz Swenson is an author and illustrator of two survival guides for parents. You Got This, Mama, From Boobs to Blowouts, A Survival Guide for New Mothers, and her new book, Raising Tiny Humans, From Potty Training to Prejudice, A Survival Guide for the Wild Toddler Years. It's coming out this spring. Liz is a mom to three small children and is inspired by making the world more loving, beautiful, and inclusive. Funny thing about how this interview came about. The other day, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I stopped because I saw Liz on a video where she's saying that I'm putting this out there to the universe. I want to be on a podcast. And if anyone has a parenting podcast, this is your sign to book me as a guest and chat. And it just so happened that I picked up my phone at that exact moment, and that was the first reel on my phone. And I said, you know what? It's a sign. I need to have this woman on the show to talk about her new book. So Liz, welcome to the show. So excited to be here. I'm so, so, so excited for you to be here. So as I mentioned in your bio, you are an illustrator and a mother. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm kind of a... I'm like a joy seeker. <laughs> I, I'm mom to three and I just have like lots and lots and lots of passions. The book writing, the author thing happened very serendipitously and randomly. And that's amazing. And it's just, it's opening all these really exciting opportunities. I'm like obsessed with yoga. I'm obsessed with food, like really obsessed with food. So probably a cookbook in the future someday. Yeah. It's, I, I'm a lover of life. I love learning. Love trees. <laughs> we talked about that right before we we jumped on and I hit the record button because we were saying that, you know, I, I live in New Jersey just outside of New York City and we have lots of trees. And you were saying that where you are in Southern California, you don't have so many trees. No, nope. coastal desert. 
I guess it's just those things that we take for granted because, I mean, where I am, we are just absolutely surrounded by trees. And now it's the fall and all of those beautiful leaves are now falling onto the ground and they're beautiful. And I guess we just take, you know, for granted the things that we see every day and you live by the beach and like, I would love to live by the beach. Yep. I get to wake up and see the ocean. I'm very, very, very lucky. But yeah, I do miss my trees. (laughs) Well, you know what? Next time I'm outside, I'm going to think of you, Liz, and be like, you know what? I want to appreciate these trees just for Liz. Yeah, it's the way the light comes through. Oh, I just love that. (laughs) I love it. So as you mentioned, you have a book. You have a new book out. It's your second book. It's called Raising Tiny Humans from Potty Training to Prejudice, a survival guide for the wild toddler years. And oh, yeah. the toddler years are pretty, pretty wild. So what motivated you to write this survival guide? So I'd written my first book and it was doing really well. And my publisher kind of reached out and was like, do you have any ideas? And I didn't. I was like, maybe toddlers are there. I don't know. But it wasn't, there was no inspiration clicking. And then around the same time, I was watching an Instagram live with Jennifer Garner and Dr. Eliza Pressman. And they were talking about how to talk to your kids about the Holocaust. And I was like, oh, that is really interesting. How do you talk to your kids about the Holocaust? And they said, you don't. You teach them about dehumanizing language instead. And I just thought, dang, really glad I happen to be here on Instagram today. Like that's a really important life nugget that is going to make me a way better parent just instantly. And I was just like, ah, man, like there's so much to raising a a tiny human. Like you get the baby phase and there's, uh, I feel like a lot of information, like here's how you feed the baby, sleep, everything. And then they become, there's this terrifying moment where you realize they're autonomous and have their own opinions. And then it gets complicated. And like, there's no book for that. Like, how, how do I talk about the Holocaust? And how do I teach them dehumanizing language? And then also like, what's this pot of trading thing? And how do I deal with the fact that they're like screaming at me because I just gave them what they wanted for breakfast? Like, I wanted something that covered it all, like from potty training to prejudice everything, like just a survival guide. (laughs) Like, and that's what my first book was too, was a survival guide. So I just wanted like, like a guidebook through the jungle. (laughs) It ended up being jungle themed to get through these, these wild years. Cause it just gets really complex, really like faster than you think it will. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you say that because I don't know if you're familiar, but I also have a book and it's called Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers. (laughs) And it's something that's funny about being a parent and needing a survival guide. You need a survival guide. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So I, yes, I wanted something to, to get everybody through. And I really like the first book, again, happened very serendipitously. It just kind of fell in my lap. And it was a it was a love note to my my best friend when she had her first baby. So it was best friend to best friend was the tone of how to survive your baby, <laughs> having a baby. And I wanted to keep that tone, that love, that empathy and commiseration a little. <laughs> Not too much. Yeah, but. very, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Now you integrate illustration and written words so beautifully. 
Oh, thank how, you. How do you do that? You do. No, you really do. You really do. So like, how, how do you do that? How do you marry them so well? Well, two things. One, I'm a high school math teacher. <laughs> Wait, and what? That is not at I'm, all what I thought you would have said your formal training was. <laughs> if you would have said like a high school art teacher, I would have said, yeah, sure. Or a like a high school language arts teacher. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you got me on that one, Liz. I, yeah, I have a master's in math. And so math isn't everyone's favorite subject and it can be really complex at times. So my favorite thing to do in my class is to take really complicated ideas and concepts and break them down really visually. I think that that really helps my students. That's how I learn. So I like taking big complex ideas and making them really visual and compact and like digestible. Like here's the stuff we need. Here's a little way to remember it. So that's one, because that's just been like a practice for the last 19 years as being a teacher. And then the other is just when I have those ideas, whatever the concept is, like I, I write first and then whatever that thing that I've written, like it'll conjure up images for me. I'm really, really visual with everything. And so, yeah, those visuals start to then they get married together. Like one of my favorite things in this book is I have a backpack <laughs> for surviving with all the gear for surviving a tantrum and you unpack the backpack and then it's like all the different tools that you need. Cause I think with a, a tantrum, there are a lot of things that you could do, but there's no one way. There's not a script. <laughs> it's mm-hmm, a perfect every, script because each child is different. Each parent is different. And each moment is different. One thing will work in one moment and work in the other. I was kind of laughing to myself this morning because I did like an Instagram a little while ago because my kiddo wanted space. He's a three-year-old. He was losing his mind over, I literally can't remember. And I said, do you want space? And he did. And I gave him space. And then like five minutes later, came out of the room, came, gave me snuggles. And we were good. It was easy. And this morning, he was like, I was like, do you want space? And that was not it. I got more yelling with that. So I was like, hug. And that worked. Hug worked that time. So there's just a lot. So I love the idea of like, you're going to, here's just a bunch of tools. Here's just a bunch of things. And we'll kind of, in that moment, whatever you need, grab from your little tool backpack. (laughs) I, I think it's true. And, and it's one of those backpacks that almost like needs to be overflowing with different yeah. <laughs> ideas and tools and concepts. Because like you said, depending on the situation, depending on the person, depending on the child, like they don't all work all of the time. I know my son was never one of those script type of kids. He still isn't. And so it was up to me to learn how to be the right parent for him sort of without those scripts. Yeah. Yeah. And this book is, it is a guidebook. It's not going to say do A, B, C, D, E. Like it's definitely, it's a lot of information, but I give parents a lot of benefit of the doubt that like maybe this. (laughs) And they need it. Yeah. (laughs) But this picture might spark a conversation or this quote might spark a reflection in ourselves or, or whatever it is. So it's, it's not like I, I mean, it's not, it's 230 pages, but it's a lot of visuals. So there's, there's a million ideas. I mean, it's a big, I tried to cover from potty training to prejudice. There's so much. I was so happy. I got it to 230 pages, but 
a lot of it is like, there's a quote where you're like, oh man, that does make me like want to have a conversation with my husband about that. Like maybe we're doing this in a way that doesn't feel quite right. Maybe we should try something different. Yeah. How old are your children? Just so I could have context for how you're working with them. (laughs) I have a three-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a nine-year-old. Oh, that's great. Great ages. So now like they really are sort of like in all of those different phases of childhood. Yeah. The book, well, the book took a while to like come out into the universe. So as I was writing it, it was like, uh, what, what year was it? Was it 2021? I started, yeah, 2021. I started writing this. So kind of the end, well, 2021. So it was even before I had like a real, like hit you in the face toddler. He was 18 months when I started. <laughs> and then the other kids are still this book. It's, it is surviving the wild toddler years, but the lessons are like, absolutely things that go further. I use so many of the ideas with my older kids constantly. Like it's still very applicable at eight and nine. Yes. I, you know, I actually just read something that the, the tantrums that our children had as toddlers are more or less going to be similar to the tantrums that our tweens and teenagers face. So I thought that was really interesting. So I think you're right when you say that you can apply them to both age groups. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I work with high schoolers every day and I see it every, I mean, definitely there's a like surviving the teen years coming in my future because I'm so familiar with teenagers, but yeah, I say all the same things to them. Like, okay, like there's a thought in our head. Like, is that, do we, does that sound like a true thought? Maybe that's like an extreme thought. Like maybe let's give ourselves a little space with that thought. And and I say the same things to my, my seven-year-old. <laughs> Yes. I mean, actually, I'm going to gleam that one and put that one in my pocket too, because I think I can use that one with my 11-year-old. Because that happens many times. Especially if they experience anxiety. My kids after 2020, both of the older kids really started showing signs of anxiety. And so, yeah, giving your thoughts some space and just, you know, they're not always true. And we can just like look at them, observe them, and maybe put a little bubble around them, give them some space. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a good one. That is absolutely a keeper. Why do you think that an illustrated book is better than a traditional book? Because <laughs> parents are busy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They, they like visuals and mnemonics. Yeah. Like my first book is, I always said you could get through like a long nursing session <laughs> while, while reading. If you were like sitting there for 40 minutes stuck, you could look through. I kind of feel the same with this one. I want you to be able to like, get through it quickly and then go back like, Oh, that, and people tell me that all the time about my first book. And I hope the same is true for the second book, but that they were like, Oh yeah, there is good stuff in this. Where's that? And so it's, I I think that that is also how parenting is and how a guidebook works. You pick it up when you need it. So you could thumb through it pretty quickly. Like I'm guessing I haven't tried. (laughs) I think it takes about like 45 minutes um, to get all the way through. I've read it so many times that I don't know if I'm reading the 
as fast. I think about that best. And then just, yeah, if there's like, oh, you know, that exercise, that's really cool. I have a lot of activities and exercises in the book. I have a lot of like examples of activities for like building executive function skills and stuff like that. So it's definitely like a pick up and use when you need it kind of book. Well, the thing about being a toddler parent is that you're so busy. You're like so uh, on the go so much that you hardly have the opportunity to sit down at all, let alone sit down to read something. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, yeah, that's <laughs> that toddler phase is when you realize like you can't spend time with your friend and your baby or your now toddler at the same time because your head's on a swivel and their house isn't as safe as yours and they're definitely like trying to climb that couch and you're like all of it there's a moment in the toddler where you cannot not have your eyes on them at all seconds yes and so that's what makes it a little bit challenging to sit down and read and that's why it's so important to have those bite-sized nuggets of information in the book like oh i need potty training here's a potty training section boop 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 we're ready to go full potty like you you're set on potty training with this book that's awesome that was ugh, that was a whole thing but for for my son <laughs> we did the whole like potty training in a weekend thing where they don't mm-hmm. really wear like bottoms and you sort of just yeah. hang out at home for a few days that's what we did yeah and it worked <laughs> for the most part yeah, no it's that yeah I call it a potty party you have a big potty party but and it's not a fun party <laughs> No, it's a very messy, <laughs> dirty party. <laughs> I said it's kind of like a lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was going to say it was almost like a college frat party or something, but maybe not oh, quite God. like that. <laughs> but luckily, oh, we, we all get through potty training eventually, and it all becomes, you know, something that you put in the past and you go, okay, now we're moving on to like the next big thing or, or the next uh, obstacle to, to tackle. What do you think is one of or some of the largest modern mom problems that you face right now, Liz? Oh, time. I think my modern mom problem is time, especially with this right now. I'm juggling like these really exciting passion projects and then having a full-time job and the kids and where do you put your energy? I'm realizing I think my biggest plight right now is having to become really discerning about where I put energy and being really, really intentional about taking care of myself. My first rule in the first book is put on your air mask. You have to care for yourself to care for others. And my husband is constantly like, you are the worst. (laughs) I constantly (laughs) like don't eat. I constantly don't listen to my, and I, but it's not serving me. And so I have been really finally, and it's been good, intentional about giving myself time and space. And because if I don't do that, I don't have the energy for the kids or anything else. So, so yeah, that's my, my biggest modern mom problem is really being intentional about taking care of myself and really being intentional about where I put my energy. I've been trying to work on mindfulness with my son by introducing him to meditation techniques. And in doing this, I realized, you know, Tara, you could really benefit from meditation too. 
what else is a better way to start good habits than by modeling them, right? So I started listening to the Women's Meditation Network. It has all different types of podcasts, from anxiety meditation to sleep to morning meditation. Personally, I really enjoy the daily affirmations because they're just about 10 minutes long, which is just right for me and my schedule. Whether you're an experienced meditator or you're just getting started, check out Women's Meditation Network wherever you listen to podcasts. That's a really good one that I have not heard that one. Well, no, I do hear that one. But but as far as like, you know, a top tier one, I, I think you're right because it's so easy for us to inadvertently pile on things onto our plate, whether it's volunteering at our children's schools, extracurricular activities, our own professional pursuits, our own home pursuits, all of those things, right? Being a a caretaker, it just piles on like all the way up to the top of our list. And then we realize like there's just simply not enough hours of the day to do all of these things and to do them well to do them effectively and and so i think it's really important to start weeding through and removing all of those things that don't serve us anymore yeah definitely it's critical my husband's actually really good about that he is is so good at saying no and he's so good <laughs> at like taking things off his plate that i'm learning from him because yeah. I am more of a yes person. I'm more of a volunteer person, all of those things. And so, you know, next thing I know, I'm the president of the PTA and <laughs> I am, you know, the Cub Scout leader and I'm doing this and I work, you know, and all of those things. And then I look around and I think, oh my gosh, like, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how did I get here volunteering for everything? But it just because. I just kept saying yes, because I, I want to be helpful and I try to be helpful and yeah. much sometimes to my own detriment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I realized too, I'd say yes to things I can't physically do, like, and then put this insane crunch on myself that was unnecessary is me trying to like overperform and over what I, like when this book was due, it was due in April and my brother's getting married in March so I was like, well, it has to be done before then. And then I was like, but I'm also turning 40 in January. So it it has to be done by January 1. It has to be done. <laughs> and I just crushed it all in to myself. I did it to myself. So I'm learning that I need to set realistic expectations for the goals that I want to achieve. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. <laughs> It is. And you know what? We all are. That's the thing. You know, it's yeah. easier said than done. It's easier to, you know, read something on an Instagram post and something and be like, yeah, but it, it's true. We're all a work in progress. And and I think it's important to, you know, talk about this kind of stuff. And like I said, I, I look to my husband sort of as a role model when it comes down to like slimming down and paring down the things that he's doing, because gosh, he is good at saying no. <laughs> he is good at valuing his own time. Yeah, that is what it is too. That's a better way to say it. Cause that's that's what it is. It's val- do I value myself? That's what it is. <laughs> that's a whole one. And especially and especially when you have toddlers, that is so hard to carve out that time. Cause as you mentioned before, your head is on a swivel, right? You're making sure they're not jumping off the couch. You're making sure they're not climbing to the top of the bookshelf. All of those things. And then that's when you 
don't have the opportunity to value your own time like you used to, because at that point, your own time really isn't your own. It happens, obviously, yes, when the kids get older and maybe when they go to school or, you know, they just become more independent the older they get for the most part. But yeah, being a toddler parent, your time is not your own. And it's so emotionally draining. Those kids, I mean, that's that's the other thing about the toddler years is that's when you first start getting really triggered by your child. <laughs> and so it's a yeah. lot of like personal, emotional regulation and growth because like, oh, this is a thing that really triggers me. Why does that trigger me? Like, that's not really about the kid. That's about me. So in this book, instead of like my two rules for surviving, it's a compass to guide you. And it's love, connect, garden, and grow. And the grow is personal. Like you're going to personally have to grow to be the parent you probably want to be. It's it's gnarly. It's intense. <laughs> it really is. You know, if there was one thing that I, you know, would tell parents or, you know, would be soon to be parents is that much of parenting is really working on yourself. It's working on yourself to be a better person in order to be a better parent. And that's something that I feel, I mean, in years past, not now, because now it is talked about, but years ago, that was not in any of the parenting books. That was not mentioned, you know, and, and now it is, and I'm glad that it is, but that is parenting advice that, you know, I think probably really came up in the last I don't know, five years or so, is that you really need to work on yourself in order to be the parent you want to be. Yeah. No, that's my first of many Brene Brown quotes in this book is, are you the adult you want your child to grow to be? Oh, Ah. and I was like, that's a good one. Yeah. It's so juicy. There's so much there. And like in my book, again, like I'm not going to dive into really deep, like here's the work you have to do. I just say, you got to love yourself. You like, if you want to model like them loving their body, you have to love your body. Like there's just a lot of work and it, and it starts in that toddler phase when they're like really becoming autonomous. They're really becoming triggering. They're starting to do food protests. They're doing all sorts of things that like, Ooh, anything in you that needs to be healed is going to get brought up to the surface. It absolutely does. And I, I can speak for, for me, like historically, that was when I really had to learn how to regulate myself, regulate my emotions in order to be calm enough to speak to my son in a way that he'll listen and in a way that, you know, is uh, fostering our connection in our relationship. Yeah, I loved your conversation that you had with the um, Tiny Humans Big Feelings author. Alyssa, yeah. It's so funny because I'm Raising Tiny Humans and her books, it's kind of (laughs) same. So if you Google Raising Tiny Humans, our books kind of pop up together. Oh, do they? Well, that makes sense from a search engine optimization standpoint. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so funny because I hadn't read her book, but I listened to your thing and I was like, oh, I need to buy this book. It's good. I can't wait to read it. I did get it because I was like, oh, that's cool. But I feel like I, I'm a big math major. I'm a math nerd. I love science. I love learning. Like I let, I think that her book's like the nitty gritty. Mine's like a intro to like, hey, let's raise some awareness that these are some things that are going to help us be a better parent. And then like deep dive and the science in her book 
It, it sounded very aligned. I listened to that conversation. I was like, oh my gosh, we're all talking about the same thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, what? what is one thing that's remarkable about her book, and you mentioned it, is that she really does dive into the science. So if you're interested in that as a reader, then Alyssa's book is definitely for you because she dives into the science of, of childhood development on the hows and the whys and the whats. And so, yes, shout out to, to her. Yeah, when you Google both, just buy both. Boom. Exactly. Go Bye. to Amazon, <laughs> go to bookshop.org, Barnes and Noble. Just type in Raising Tiny Humans. You may find both books. Buy both of them. <laughs> Shout out to everybody doing that. <laughs> Liz, what do you think is your best gem of parenting advice in your book? So <laughs> we've already talked about it. You have to love yourself. I know it sounds so hokey. And it's kind of woven throughout. I've got like little quotes. I'm like, say this to yourself, say this, but everything is built on loving yourself. I think that that's everything is take the time to care for yourself and love yourself. And you're going to kind of naturally be a great parent. Also, if you're getting books like this, you're probably a really great parent and you probably want to be a good parent. Oh, Another one, I didn't know about this until I researched for my book, Executive Function Skills. Do you know about this? I do. I do. And it's so important to start teaching those young. So by the time that your children get older, they're really connecting the dots. So the toddler years, if you look at a kid's brain, it's actually exponential from like two to seven on executive function skills. And then it kind of like slowly for the rest of your life, goes up. So I did not know about executive function skills before researching for this book. And I discovered how incredibly important it is for just like a lifetime of success and that there's all this growth right there in the toddler years and that you can do a lot of things to practice it and develop it. In my book, I have a ton of activities and games you can play or just like simple things, like especially at that toddler, like how was your day? And ask them to kind of tell the story of their day that like helps them with memory. And there's just so many things you can do to help executive function along. So that is such an important one. That really is. You know what? That's something that I think in the schools they should be teaching more of and they're not. They sort of just like assume that kids know that. And it's like, no, those are skills that need to be taught to get to that final end point. Even for high school students, I'm sure you must see that all the time with the kids. I taught last year, I taught a class for students that like really, really struggle with math. And it was like a support class. And that was, I had just come off this book. I was like, we, this is the problem. (laughs) And I said to them, like, if you, if you had something hard happen in your, in your toddler years, that might be why these skills are hard for you, but we're going to practice and grow them together and you can always practice and grow them. And yeah, it was a huge focus of my class last year because those kids did not have executive function skills and they're, you know, little 16 year olds with little mini, still little kid brains, but kind of adult. Oh, yeah. Teenage years are, are insane. <laughs> it's hard. That really needs to be your third book. I'm going to like give a shout out to your publisher right now. Give Liz the contract for this third book. It's going to be yep. tackling the tween in teenage years. It's so important. Yes. Yes. I like the tween. I never call it tween. I, I, well, you know what it is. I have an 11-year-old, so we're like firmly right. in the tween oh, years right there. now. 
I we're know. there, there. Which is, it's great, actually. It's, it's lots of fun. Except though, yesterday he did tell me, and I quote, get out of my social life, mom. But then he <gasps> said to me, wow, he said, that actually came out meaner than I meant it. He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that. I was like, no, no, I understand. He's like, he's very sweet. He's a really good kid. He's like, yeah, I didn't mean it to sound quite so harsh, but you know what I mean. I was like, yes, yes. No, I, I, I know what you mean. I'll stay out of your social life. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. I do a lot of like, you know, chatting with parents and every time I'm like, how are you doing? Are you okay? I know that this is hard. <laughs> it is. Middle school is hard. Oh, yes. I, I wrote, it's one of my favorite quotes in the book. It says, hurt people hurt people. And this is why junior high was so hard. <laughs> Yes, that's what it is. everyone in junior high is like, ah, my body, yeah. <laughs> they are. They're going through puberty and it's a lot. And they're not children anymore, but they're also not teenagers. It's it's a lot going through them. And their emotional, their nervous systems are dysregulated. It's just a lot going all on in middle school. Yep. Yeah, it's all and, of But it stuff. is similar to the toddler years. It really is because they want, they want this independence and they like aren't fully ready for it. It's all there. <laughs> it's all there. It's hard. That's why we need more survival guides like yours. Liz, tell everyone where we could buy your survival guide. Uh, it's available wherever books are sold, which is so fun to say. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, it's at Target, Walmart, Amazon, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Go buy it. Everywhere. Yeah. Yay. Okay. I love it. Thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun chatting. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.